Welcome to Misfits, Wanderers, and the rest of us. I'm your host, Rich Levesque. Glad to have you back, fellow Misfits. And another awesome episode today. My guest is Megan Hopper from Southern California. She is a healer, and a couple of the areas she focuses on, we get to talk about in this episode, and it's really cool because there are areas that I really didn't know a whole lot about, and that's going to be clear as you listen to it, but that's what's really cool is we get to bring people on that know lots of different things, and we get to learn, and I got to learn a lot. It was awesome. One of Megan's specialties is auriculotherapy. I deserve credit for getting that big word down, and it's the healing of the body systems through acupressure points in the outer ear, and it works very similar to acupressure. One of the things they use are vicarious seeds. We put them onto different pressure points, and we have a lot of them there, and Megan talks a lot about that and explains it very well, and the pressure put on different points can heal all kinds of things going on in the body. It was really fascinating to play around with. We also discussed cacao ceremonies and how those work. And she got to explain that. I've experienced cacao, but never a ceremony. So I got to learn a lot from that. And we got to chat about a number of different topics. The experience of releasing energy healing and some of the surprising steps that come from healing that you can feel in your body. And what comes when you just learn to listen to what your body needs. We talked about connecting with and truly appreciating the spaces around you past the humanity and other distractions. And also the purpose of ego and shadow self. It's something that comes up fairly regularly around here. But it's important to remember ego and shadow, whatever terminology you use, it's a thing. It's not a bad thing. And these are things that serve us well. We talk more about that. And toward the end, we talked about how she's been doing some work with animals as well as people and talking about how animals are actually able to communicate on a deeper level and it's a thing we can actually learn that's an idea that fascinates me so i invite you to take us along wherever you're going and enjoy the ride ladies and gentlemen megan hopper actually what i want to do is there's a couple of things in the back of my head that i know i'm going to want to ask you later but when you were talking about your day a little bit yesterday, it was a day. I want to start there because it sounds pretty fascinating. And wow. a lot of what you do, I don't know a lot about. So I, I want to learn daily. So don't worry about it. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So yesterday um, there's this place in Orange County, California, in Anaheim called the learning light foundation. That is this like, big um, psychic healing fair and um, they have a bunch of vendors, healers, psychics, you know, all of it um, at what's an old church. And wow. Yeah. And it's like right at this energy vortex. It's, it's an amazing place, big outside garden. Um, It is a nonprofit. So something to look into for, you know, anybody that wants to join a nonprofit help. Um, But the second Saturday of every month, they bring in um, healers, they bring in uh, readers, and they bring in a bunch of vendors. Um, so I was there yesterday uh, with cacao and doing regular therapy. We had people that were doing the pyrolytes, uh, Reiki-infused henna, a Kanjin water filter system, crystals, lectures on Reiki and what those modalities entail, readers doing just psychic intuitive readings, tarot readings, 
all of it. So you, you kind of run the gambit of metaphysical. Uh, you get to dip your toe into all of them a little bit. Which... You say it sounds to me like a metaphysical farmer's market. Okay. Well, you can go with that. It is all organic. <laughs> <laughs> but in that, with that whole, you know, the vibe that you get, it's, you know, sound, feel, you know, when you go into a farmer's market, at least yep. from my experiences, they might be busy, but they're very relaxed. You get people in their element. They're just enjoying themselves and appreciating the connection. And it's a really, you know, it's really fun time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super chill. Everybody just raises all of the energy in the entire space. You walk in and it's pretty much like you've paid for a three hour Reiki session just by walking through the door. Uh, so it's, it's definitely cool. Uh, it brings everything into a more accessible space, which is really nice. Um, because otherwise you're left trying to search out all of these healers, all of these readers and paying for things you don't know if you're going to like, because you haven't done it before. Right. Here you can sit back, you can watch, you can see what they're doing. You can really get a vibe for who they are and what they are before you move forward with it. Uh, and like for me doing irregular therapy, talking about cacao, um, advertising a, a cacao workshop that I have coming up next week at Learning Light. Um, it was really nice to be able to connect with those people beforehand so that they could get the gist of what it is um, before having to commit to coming to a ceremony, driving out there again, spending a few hours, spending the money. So it was, it was good. Um, plus on, on my podcast, this week's episode is going to be a live virtual cacao ceremony with how to set up the cacao, how to prepare it, all that. So I had a lot of people come out and buy uh, bricks of the cacao that I predominantly work with, uh, Keith's cacao out of Guatemala. And now they'll be able to join me Thursday with, with really getting into that ceremony. Oh, nice. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about cacao. Um, I'm fairly familiar with it. I've never experienced a ceremony uh, for somebody that may not be aware and they just think, oh, cool. That's just another way of saying chocolate, which is not really right. what it is at all. Although you can kind of see where the, you know, where the connection is made. Right. It's the same pod, the same bean. Uh, that's about where it ends. <laughs> so uh, this is my favorite cacao which if you go on my link tree and we'll have the link up later, uh, you can buy it at a discount. So yay, discounts. Nice. Um, yeah. So this specific cacao is from Guatemala. Like I mentioned, Keith, the um, guy who started all of this with this cacao, goes to the farms, picks the, the beans he wants in his cacao, the team there of all the like little ladies go mm -hmm. and toast it on their stoves and go through and pick the ones that are bad and take them out. Um, so it's, it's all the energy that goes into processing it. Plus all of the vitamins, minerals, nutrients that are already in the cacao, uh, the selenium, the magnesium, the zinc, like all of the amazing things that already exist in it. The amount of antioxidants in that is crazy. Uh, and then you have theobromine, 
which is the bliss molecule. So that really ends up opening the heart chakra and you can go deeper into your work. Um, so I like to describe mama cacao or the cacao spirit, whatever verbiage you want to use mm-hmm. um, as she opens the door. It's your choice, whether you want to walk through and how far you want to go, but she'll keep, she'll keep stuff with you. She'll walk with you the whole time. It's just, it's up to you. Wow. I love that. The imagery that comes through for that with me, I was familiar with, you know, a little bit with the health benefits from people talking about it, you know, seeing it, you know, on your posts and other people I know that do. I love that you mentioned (laughs) the energy around it, how, people are putting their heart and their spirit into it. It's not, you know, some mass produced Mm -hmm. company where they're just grabbing the beans, you know, throwing them through some machine and there we go. There's so much fine detail and thought and passion involved. Oh yeah. The, the whole process, everything is fully honored and it's, it's still so ingrained in, the soil and the terrain in the community um, that it, it all really comes through. And, you know, before you, you said you've never been to a cacao ceremony and the way that I do them and everybody does them a little bit differently. Um, I have cacao ceremonies and I have cacao workshops where I use cacao as more of the plant medicine, the facilitator for okay. us to into the things that we do. Or in a cacao ceremony, I'll focus more on honoring the cacao, thanking the cacao, giving the gratitude to the cacao, connecting with the earth, the sky, and, and really like being part of that whole system instead of focusing on us and using it as a plant medicine. That's fascinating. <laughs> oh, it does. I've never, like I said, I've never experienced it. And I'm one of those, I don't know much. And I'm one of those people that you were talking about I don't, I'm familiar with a lot of things because I've gotten to know people that do a lot. And if I was just, you know, here at home in Massachusetts, no connection to the internet world, I probably still would have no idea any of this stuff existed. So I love the idea of, you know, being able to go and sample energies you know, and finding that right fit, you know, somebody might go and, you know, get a healing done and their body just didn't care. It didn't mean that, you know, somebody's bad at what they do. It just, sometimes the energies don't jive. And if that's the only experience you have, you, you're not going to know if it's any different. Yeah. You're going to write it off. You're going to be like, well, I paid for all of that. I got nothing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to do with the healer that you're working with, the modality that you're working with, how comfortable you feel. If the healer is going in and, and let me preface that by saying any healer is not actually healing you. They're holding the space for you to do the healing. I think that's really important to remember that is no different than any other healing field really ultimately it's 
our body, our mind, our spirit doing the work and, you know, the help we're getting, they guide us, they show us their, you know, they use their tools and their gifts to guide us as individuals to where we need to go. Mm -hmm. We just listen to the higher selves, the cues that we're getting and pass that through. It's more that we like translate. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, But that's why the connection to who you're working with is super important. If you don't feel comfortable with that person, if you're not getting the most amazing vibes from that person, if it's not like, yes, I want to work with this person all the time, find somebody else. (laughs) Yeah. And that makes sense when I, you know, have clients, if I'm doing coaching or if I'm doing vision calls, I try to gauge the energy. And if it feels like somebody's not vibing with me or they're feeling shut off, I'm not going to follow up and create, you know, I'm not going to give them a bigger offer. I'm, if they're walling up with me, either they're not ready or there's another fit out there that's going to open it up. I mean, that's not a bad thing. That's how it's supposed to work. Exactly. It's, it's figuring out for you when you're ready to do the work. And if you're going to someone who is a healer, who works with different modalities, that's, you know, your, yourself telling you, yeah, it's time you're ready to start moving towards it. And it might take that first step happening 20 times before you're actually ready to move forward another step. That's okay. Little kids fall down all the time when they're learning how to walk and we don't go, what the hell? That was dumb. Don't try that ever again. You say, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's important. If you're, you know, I've, you know, done coaching challenges. I've been a coach. I've been a participant and, you know, people will come through, you'll see them, you know, five, six, seven times. And that's amazing because, you know, they may not be ready to invest, you know, the 10 K or the five K or whatever K, but they're getting gradually closer to being ready to find a way to take those leaps. And it's about if you celebrate the growth that they're having when they're in your container for a week, and there's always something. Yeah, there's always something to celebrate. There's always movement. And even if it's just that you got out of bed that morning, hell yes. Absolutely. Or that they've showed up for you, like you have, you know, three sessions or five sessions and they showed up for all of them. Yeah, absolutely. That needs to be celebrated. Yeah. This is a win. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Um, And so often so many people are like, no, I can't celebrate that. That wasn't, you know, quite what I wanted or good enough. They set these expectations instead of setting the intention and then 
leaving room for whatever happens. And if they don't meet these expectations perfectly or exceed them, then it's not good enough. And it's just, that's so ingrained in us. And it's so hard to break that, that like even breaking that in itself is the most amazing success story. So absolutely. It's one of those, for a lot of us, we're wired to focus on the result and on, and the world shows us that at points right from when we're kids, you know, behave in this way. Don't get dirty outside. You better get an A in reading. Uh huh. Make sure you're home at you know, nine o'clock. That's your curfew. And then it goes on into you know the working world. If you don't perform A, B, C, or D, if you don't make X sales goal, you're out of a job. So there's those. So that's how we're wired. And not everybody's going to hit those. And you know. You're, you're not hitting sales goals and you're getting fired. Maybe it just means you're not supposed to do sales. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's the win is the, ex- in the journey, in the experience, there's a learning there. Okay. Even if it's, I'm terrible at this. I don't like this. Right. This makes my heart want to crumble up and turn black. These are just as important as hitting, yeah, whatever top goal in the workplace. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like the Abraham Hicks concept that you have to get all of that contrast. You have to learn all of those things you don't want before you can build that reality that you do want. Yeah. Because the universe doesn't know. It doesn't understand. No. So when you get into that space of, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. And it shows up in your lap. It's like, you know, you go to a restaurant and you keep telling the waitstaff, I don't want the salad. I don't want the salad. You don't give them any other information like, hey, I'd like to have the soup. Right. And then all of a sudden you've got salad and you're like, you know, going all Karen, why did you get me a salad? Because you focused on the salad and there it is. Yeah. Yeah. If, if the only thing that you know how to say is salad, then even if you don't want it, that's what you're getting. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) We went deep down that rabbit hole. We did. (laughs) I love rabbit holes. Oh, they're the best. You go on like three hour tangents of rabbit holes, just researching, especially with the internet. You can just click the next link at the bottom. So dangerous. Yeah. It's good though. It's good. It, It brings all of those tools to us so that we can advocate for ourselves more, which is really nice to be able to do. It's just it using responsibilities or yeah, using them responsibly. Sorry, I started quoting Spider-Man in my head. <laughs> you don't you be careful going down there because you're gonna start getting me on a Marvel loop and then I'm gonna start with like Shang-Chi spoilers and everybody's gonna hate me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it yet, so yeah. 
exactly i've got to be like that with like my nephew and niece are like I, i'm glad you like it i'm glad you think it's great but shut up oh okay. no i'm glad that you think it's great that's good that'll help it is. that's one thing i will say okay if you like marvel movies it's they knocked it out of the park awesome okay and i will say hello to my friend megan who's just signed on hello megan hello, megan <laughs> um i wanna shift gears and ask you mm-hmm. um i saw a post you were talking about the ear seeds. Ah, yes. Sounds like you you work with those a lot. And, yeah. you know, that it's very, you know, acupuncture. Yeah, I said focused. there's no which is good. <clears throat> so, I, I think I meant to say acupressure. I don't know where okay. I, I mean words. The, You'd think the- if I was a writer, I would get them straight. But sometimes <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's being human and being human is why we're here. Exactly. Um, but yeah, acupuncture and acupressure both work with the whole meridian system and clearing the traumas that are on the meridian system so that your energy can flow freely. Mm-hmm. So either term, both kind of relate to the same underlying concept. So it works. Um, but yeah, auriculotherapy, which is the, the study of the outside of the ear. So this part of your ear is the oracle. That's what it's called. So that's why it's auriculotherapy because all of the points are focused on the outside of your ear. You have over 200 pressure points just on this little piece of your body. Um, and what I do, coincidentally, I still have them here because I'm still unpacking my stuff from yesterday. <laughs> the choice of having things all over the place. So these are ear seeds and I'll bring them closer so you can see them. The front is just a little band-aid okay. and the back of it is a vicaria seed. So it's just this little black seed from a vicaria plant, which is a little pink flower. Um, they're about two millimeters in size. So it fully covers the area of a pressure point, which is why we use those specific seeds. Um, and cause you know, it's, it's nice to use natural items when you're working with your natural self. Right. Um, But the points on your ear correspond to something going on in your body, whether it's a body part or an emotion or, you know, whatever. You can use them for anxiety, for helping heal from sprains and breaks, um, for inflammation, allergies, digestive issues. Right now, a big one definitely is adrenals is everybody is always in this constant fight or flight mode uh with mm. just that's going on um so actually if you want to we can do an exercise but you'll need to remove the cans in order to touch your ears okay so what i will need to do is i'm like gonna one back okay all right so i can do this okay okay perfect i can still hear you and and participate right so the tragus of your ear is this little like triangle part that sticks out from your head. Okay. In the middle. So up. up. That's your earlobe. All right. So, so about here? Face, at your face. Oh, okay. Over here. So comes out. There it is. All yeah. right. So if you put your thumb behind it and you grab the front of it with your pointer finger, you can squish the point of that of your tragus in between your fingers and just inhale through your nose. And exhale through your mouth. 
And again, inhale through your nose. Exhale through your mouth, releasing everything that no longer serves you. And one more time, inhaling and letting it all go. Shake it out. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I do. I actually, I felt things just settle. Settle which is great because on this end, sometimes I, as much as I'm really working to stay present and I'm 90% good at it, I'm also still trying to watch and trying to make sure everything's working. I'm trying to look in the corner, see if an Amazon truck's pulling up. So if I know I need to kind of pause for a second because the dog's going to flip out if something's not working or if my mic's not going or anything like that, you know, oh, yeah. there's a little, little noise going on. <laughs> so yeah. it was nice to be able to just stop for a second and the noise was quiet. That was nice. <laughs> Yeah, I've already gotten some messages um, from people that I seated yesterday that they're like, oh, yeah, my inflammation's already down. I'm like, yeah, because the modality, just because of it being so tactile and so, you know, in tune with what is going on in your body, it can work immediately, just like what we just did right now. Mm -hmm. um, and it can keep working for weeks um, like anytime I put those seeds on, they stay on for two weeks and you just push on them for two weeks. Oh, wow. You, right. So you have two weeks of medication on your ear in essence, <laughs> but without all the chemical side effects. Which is even better. Right. Yeah. I love happy healing modalities that don't have side effects. Amen to that. The less chemicals and other things I can yeah. put in my body, the better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, with Reiki or energy healing or anything, you might cry a little just because all of the traumas that you've stored somewhere that you push down are going to come back up. Mm -hmm. um, but great. Cry a little. Uh, cry, burp, laugh, um, pass gas, which is maybe not the most cooth way of doing it, but it's natural. Yep. It's natural. <laughs> yeah. I tell everybody if we're, we're doing a session, cause I also do you know, guided meditations and child work, um, energy healing, all of it. I, I always tell them, these are the most likely things to happen because it's how your body wants to process energy and let it go. And anytime that I get to pass gas, everybody's like, it's okay. I'm not going to judge you. Don't judge yourself. It's fine. If you want to try to not do that, let's do some movement first. And, you know, we'll shake a little, go wacky waving inflatable arm man style. <laughs> And 12-year-old boys will think you're the coolest person in the world. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Um, I do work with children. I, I can work with children. A lot of people shy away from working with children because they don't know what's going to come out. And I'm like, that's the best part. But yeah, I, if I'm doing cacao with children, I just make it a little sweeter, mm-hmm. a little less strong. Because like today's cacao is really bitter. <laughs> right. And the kids probably aren't going to go for something necessarily bitter. No, and they don't necessarily need as much to open because children are just more connected. And they haven't learned all the blocks and haven't built the walls that us adults have learned yet. So Mm -hmm. it's easier for a lot of them to connect and they trust and they buy in their mind, their subconscious minds aren't playing crazy programs to derail you at that point. Oh, so I would imagine that's going to be fun. Uh, it's It can be pretty amazing. It always depends on their parents. And that's, that's with anything. Because kids know they're supposed to look for their parents and look at what their parents want them to react as. Mm-hmm. So if their parents encourage them to just whatever reaction you have is great, scream, cry, freak out, tantrum, laugh, play, whatever it is that wants to come out, yes, uh, then it's a much different experience than if their parents are sitting kind of anxiety-ridden or trepidatious about what could happen and what are they going to say and what are they going to say about me and you know, all of that then the kid is still going to be a little on edge. So. Which makes sense because kids you know, see their parents and that's the source of getting their needs met. Yep. If mom and dad, are, they're not necessarily seeing mom and dad thinking, I don't know, is my, you know, are they going to be okay after this? They're not, you know, they're not processing that. They can't. They see and they sense mom and dad's energy. And if I do this, am I going to be in trouble? If I'm in trouble, am I going to get my needs met? Mm-hmm. Am I am I going to lose that connection? And that's how they, you know, that's how walls build. And that's how we disconnect to All who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even with the best intentions. Oh yeah. And, and that in itself though, is beautiful and perfect that we've set up this method where we can suppress the things that we know and the gifts that we have long enough to where we can find our way back to them. If we're lucky enough to do that, uh, and they're still whole, they're still usable instead of turning them into a nightmare, turning them into something wrong and painful that we wouldn't be able to find our way back to them. Yeah. Megan, you hit on something so important here because a lot of times in these journeys, you know, people will talk about these experiences and talk about, you know, the ego defenses, learning to cut you off. And 
that's and how the ego is bad ego hurts you no it's doing its job it served you well Mm -hmm. it did what it needed to do to get you know you're still here yeah it did its job (laughs) its job is to keep you alive yes yeah and so many times people tell me like Oh, I just have so much fear. I'm like, yeah, I did too. You know what? Kept me alive through a lot of things that I don't know if I didn't have that fear if I would have done something really stupid. So being able to come to that other side where you witness these things that scared the hell out of you, that seemed like such negative instances, occurrences, events, um, and being able to find the gratitude for them for mm-hmm. your darkest moments is when you really have that shift when your perception really changes that you realize everything is in alignment with where you need to be in that moment and not judging yourself for five minutes from now, five years from now, five years ago, and just really embracing it. Exactly. Because when you're, when you're fighting it, you're spending all your energy on trying, you know, and that's how you go into fight or flight. You're spending so much time fighting the bear when you are the bear. You are exactly. You are the bear and the bear has important things to share with you. And the bear is part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Does the bear need to be driving the car? Not always. <gasps> This is not a circus. (laughs) No. Although sometimes it's funny to watch, but you don't really want to have that. (laughs) But there's important information there. That mind that it's doing a job. Is it supposed to control everything? Is it supposed to see bears everywhere? No. But when there really are bears, you're going to be damn glad it's there. We're talking about bears and my cat came over. He's like, what? Animals? Me? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Kitty. Yeah. He's good. Well, I mean, cats help transmute energy. So he was, he was probably feeling the vibes like, oh, you guys are talking about the shadow work. What do you need me to do? (laughs) Yeah. It's time for me to do things. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was, I haven't finish the whole thing, but there's a book that I've been working through. It's called The Spectrum of Being by a coach I'm familiar with named Adam Quiney. Okay. And it's one of the sections he was talking about shadow. Mm-hmm. And not only is shadow not something to be avoided to be fought with, shadow is often what makes you successful it's an important part you know for a lot of people shadow is what makes their career it's what puts them into a into a path yeah you know for instance part of my shadow being is 
needing to control the situation, needing to have step A, B, C, and making sure, and you know, if this thing goes wrong, having all this, you know, having things overplanned and to the point where it oftentimes it will stifle me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a thing I get to work on and, you know, listen to those pieces, but learning that it's the curiosity and the unknown is so much fun to me when I let go of the other crap. But I spent, you know, 16 years of my life as a 911 operator and a police fire dispatcher. And that was what made me really good at what I did because when you're in an emergency, if you don't think three steps ahead and you don't start planning to get resources there, you don't start sending, you know, a couple of extra fire trucks or making sure, you know, the officer on a stop has backup because you saw, Oh, this guy have a warrant. You literally, you know, that work literally saves lives. Yeah. So in that sense, my shadow was the MVP. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that's exactly what happens. It, it's not entirely the bad guy. It's not evil. In so many situations, it can be very helpful. And it's part of the package. It's part of the gang. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely, it keeps us going. It's, it's a main driver in terms of keeping our needs met yes um and then everything else can just be fun love that it's kind of the vegetables of the meal yeah (laughs) you don't always like them but you need them (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and you can either you know do what i did when i was younger which is sit there and stare at the green beans for hours or what I learned was, which was even worse was I didn't want to wait anymore. I was sick of, you know, having to stare at my green beans through wheel of fortune and jeopardy when, you know, my brother was coming back, having, you know, mowing down cookies. Mm -hmm. I thought my solution was okay. Ooh, they have a chair that's kitty cornered. And if I go and I throw them behind them, they'll disappear. No. Oh my God. About a couple weeks later, my mom was like, what's that smell? <laughs> it's coming from over here. And oh man, that did not go no. well. No, I can't imagine it would. Oh, goodness. At that point, I just started eating my vegetables. And then I eventually learned that they weren't terrible. Right. And you can season them. You can prepare them differently instead of having them like overcooked and mushy, nasty green beans. Yeah. You can roast them with a little bit of garlic and some olive oil and they taste really good. So 
it's the same thing with your shadow. Do you want to fight it? Do you want to try to suppress it and hide it? Do you want to throw it behind the chair and have it come stinking up everything later? Or do you want to just work with it, see what maybe you could do to help it and have a really tasty meal? Exactly. <laughs> I like this analogy. That worked well. That did. I I haven't used that analogy before. I'm putting that in my my repertoire. Absolutely. That <laughs> right in the toolbox. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. I like it. What is in your Reese's mug? Um at this moment it is it is coffee. Mm-hmm. I actually got a French press. Ooh. Uh I think it was last week when I a few weeks back, I went to see some friends out in Indiana. Okay. And, you know, it was a few of us, we, you know, flew in there from, you know, different parts of the country for a week. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends brought a French press and she's like, oh, you've got to try this, you know, step away from the K-cup and, and drink <laughs> this. And I was just like, Wow where have you been all my life? Mm-hmm. And it was funny. Once I got back, my niece ended up getting one. She's very, she loves to create and make, you know, coffee and tea drinks. And, you know, so she started doing, I was like, okay, I right, hint taken. So I ended up getting one and I started doing it. And there's a couple things, there's still points where I need to tweak, where I don't have it exactly right, but that's also part of the fun. It's a new toy to play with. Yeah. And I mean, no matter what you're, you're using, whether it's tea and herbs, coffee, beans, cacao, whatever it is, um, food or drink, as long as you're, the more that you're honoring the original state of something the more pure it is the better it's going to be anyway yeah with a k-cup the amount of processing the additional sugar and the the plastic and everything else that's all coming into that is just completely adulterating the coffee so yeah french press yeah at that point i was learning that as i would go to the k i mean you know it easy is easy but but we paid it felt off. It always felt off. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that I've been experiencing as I've gone on my own journey and I've learned to avoid a lot of fast food. Um, a lot of it, not necessarily by choice, because my body telling me in different ways, you're not eating this anymore. Yep. So if I go to a you know, fast food and I hit a win, you know, hit a window because once in a while, you know, the kids they want what they want. So they get it. And you might get some fries or something like that. And I'm like, this doesn't taste like this tastes like chemicals to me now. Right. It doesn't taste like food. No. Like, and it still smells good because they mm-hmm. figured out how to create that connection to your olfactory that you're just like. Yeah, I oh, want yeah. that. And then you eat it and you're like, no. Yeah. Once yep. in a back in the day, yeah, this was great. Back, you know, oh, you know, five years and 80 pounds ago, this was great. But now 
no, not so much. Yeah. Once, once you take the steps to healing all of those things, to coming in tune with yourself, with really listening to what you want, what you need, um, including, you know, dietary needs, um, figuring out which, which minerals your body wants at that time, fibers, etc. Nothing resonates the same anymore. And you feel it right away. And you're just like, Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are times where it's just, I want an apple. And if I don't eat an apple, it doesn't taste right. Whatever it is, it could be the most healthy, amazing, organic thing. And it's still not going to taste right because my body wants all of the things that are in an apple. Yeah. And I, I learned, I'm, you know, constantly learning. I will never say I learned because there's always more. I've been learning the difference between grabbing something for convenience and mm-hmm. really tapping into what it is that I want. Consciously. You know, some, yeah. Sometimes I just want to eat a bunch of fruit, mm-hmm. but then my mind will be like, it's dinner time. Actually, no, you've been doing all this stuff all day. It is now seven o'clock. You're leaving the grocery store. You're not cooking. So you go and you'll you know, pick up something on the way home, get back. You're about halfway through it. And I'm like, I didn't want this. Yeah. Why did I do that? Yeah. Or we've been conditioned with the whole like meat, potatoes, vegetable, all the things have to be yeah. on the plate and all of a salad and just lettuce and some veggies and like some hemp hearts or something and then go, Oh, but I should put tuna on it or chicken or whatever. And then I'll do it because I haven't totally gotten myself out of that mindset yet. Working on it, work in progress. Um, But I'll do that. And then I'll, I'll like eat the piece of chicken and be like, no, this is disgusting. I don't want this. And I'll pick all the chicken (laughs) off. Yeah, I've done that. I've gone, you know, I've grabbed the salad and I'll be like, I've got to have something. And then, you know, the supermarket will have, you know, pre-cooked grilled chicken, you know, easy, lazy. You go to put it on. And then next thing you know, you find the dogs ended up eating most of it because I didn't want this. There would be so many things I would feed to a dog. It's probably good I don't have a dog and just be like, I don't want this here. My dog would be 300 pounds. Yeah, it's one of you've got to be careful with that. Some things you just don't feed the dogs. I've done a lot of homework with a lot of like, you know, all right, yeah, things with mushrooms, things with onions are an absolute no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't want to give them too much if it, you know, if it's a meat that's overspiced or it's got a lot of sauce on it. Yeah. You don't want to give them those things. <clears throat> you know, and it's funny because they'll still go for, you know, they will go for the meats. There's certain fruits or something that they will turn their nose up at. Right. Funny thing that I learned recently <clears throat> is the dogs love zucchini. Okay. It's good for it. You know, I looked it up. It's good for them. A lot of vegetables are the dogs just right. don't eat them. Cause for most of them, it's not on their palate. Right. Still like, I'm going to wait you out and you're going to give me the 
the meat and the good stuff. Yeah, it's coming. So I was, I had grilled up some zucchini the other day and I gave one of the dogs a couple of bites and I figured they would eat the first, yeah, I figured you'd eat the first one. And then for the second one, I get the, yeah, this is adorable. Try again. <laughs> but no, he was wolfing it. He's like, yeah, this is the, this is the bomb. And I'm just like, really? I like it. Dude. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Yeah. Um, coincidentally, one of the other things that I do, and this is like a newer thing. I do work with animals. I do acupressure points uh, and specific oil blends with animals. Okay. A little bit of herbology. But I've also started doing animal communications where you just sit back and you just listen to them and they tell you so much, so much. And it's amazing. They'll, they'll go off on stories. They'll tell you exactly how they feel about certain people that they encounter. Oh, oh boy, do they talk. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a gift I wish that I had. I would love to be able to really, I can catch vibes sometimes, but I can't connect to really get into that level. Um, on my podcast, I am going to have my friend Michael Lane come in who teaches courses in how to do it. So just watch my Instagram and you'll see when that podcast is coming up and then you can tune in. I'll ask him to give some tips on how to start doing it or check out his website for the classes too. I love that idea. I have this knack that animals tend to want to come find me to the point where sometimes I just don't understand, like, where did this Dr. Doolittle energy come from? Like, I don't, you know, <laughs> like dogs that, you know, certain people are like, he doesn't go up to people. Mm -hmm. He doesn't go up to men. And he likes, he likes you. Yep. Like, All the time. Yeah. And I didn't even, I don't even have to scheme for it. Like I used to, when I was a kid, like it wasn't, yeah, they just, you know, cats do sometimes they just show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They know vibes, man. They know good energy. They know people that are going to be open to them as a being instead of just as someone's pet. Yeah. That's funny. I hike a lot and I've noticed that start to happen when I go out in the woods. Mm -hmm. No, it hasn't been anything big and crazy yet. Uh, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. <laughs> but I've noticed that, you know, occasionally you know, squirrels or you know, frogs, toads, a lot of those, you know, they'll sit, they'll hang out. They'll let me take pictures of them. When I was in Jersey, I would get deer all the time. Yeah, I get those sometimes too. Yeah, we were little and we'd be like sledding during the winter and they'd come right up to us and like would have eaten out of our hands if, if our parents weren't afraid of getting ticks. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. fun. And I'll just sit there and I'll just talk to them like, oh, yeah. hey, how you doing? And you now they'll stay and they don't run. I mean, eventually they will. They'll take off. But. Hey, yeah, I think that's exactly, but it's, it's really cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a different experience. 
since they're not governed by all the the constructs that we are as humans, mm-hmm. or at least in you know in the U.S. in this society, because there are other other societies, other villages, other communities where the animals just mix right in. Right. And they don't have the same constructs as us where, you know, it's, it's the rat race mentality kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to have that, that interaction with the animals who have no strings attached to their existence. They just are. Tell me about what that's like. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like meeting somebody from a foreign country and having that conversation of what is life like for you in a day. And it's entirely different. And it's absolutely fascinating. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, even as humans, we assume, well, you're human, so you must wake up and do this and do this and do this and do this. And not everybody does that. There is, there was a movie that I was watching. I don't even remember the name of it, but it was about somebody who had um, a condition where they could only sleep during the day. They couldn't sleep at night and just seeing their world where they slept all day, they woke up and there was nobody there. So they had the run of everything they had to make these relationships with the people that were closing the grocery store at the end of the day so that they could get in there quickly. They, you know, it was just, it was a different perspective that just kind of shook it up just a little, still a lot of the same constructs, but shook it up a little bit. And that was, that was really interesting to see. But that also kind of put me onto a conversation we were having yesterday that, you know, if, if you're ever on a trip somewhere, even, at home and you decide to just break out of the norm and you wake up really early, really early before people are ever, are ever up and you go for a walk and you feel the energy of the space of the buildings of that city, the consciousness of that area that you're in instead of the influx of all of the people that are always there. It's really fun to do it in like super touristy areas like New York City and Times Square or Florence by the Duomo or uh, the middle of Hollywood. Like just really those places that are always saturated with so many people. And so the consciousness of the space kind of dissipates. Yeah. Go in and feel that. It's crazy. It is. <laughs> That's why I- you know, because times when I go into those places and Hollywood's a great example. I spent a week out there a few years ago. And when you see it in one level, you just, there's just so much humanity during the day that if you don't get yourself grounded, it can be overwhelming. And there's just so much sensory, everything happening that you just want to go and run into someplace and hide but if you can pull yourself down and not let the energy pull you yeah and all of a sudden you just start seeing different energies and it's almost like different colors or different sounds and you start 
sensing the different stories that pass you by and it's suddenly it slows down and it's really fascinating like not only the people but like the buildings and the architecture it all it all tells a story oh yeah 100 percent. but it's it's definitely something to experience and if people haven't done that yet go out wake up super early and just go out wherever you are feel the space Love it. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do on vacations. Just wake up super early and go out by myself and just feel the space. I do that too. You know, let everybody else sleep. Just go and soak it all in. Yeah. Um, there was one time, because my degree is in architecture. So I'm very, let me see the buildings. Let me see what all of this is and tuning into the design aspects of how things are supposed to make you feel and then seeing if, if that correlates. Um, so there's this casino in Atlantic city revel that forget what it used to be. I don't remember, but when it opened, uh, it opened pretty early and, or we went pretty early after it opened and walking through the corridor where they have all of their shopping there were all these little almost stages, rooms, nooks, but not fully enclosed because they still wanted to keep the pathways open for you to see all the stores, for you to shop, for you to, to still go through without feeling blocked. Uh, but they created these environments where one was, you know, all the leathers and the books and very old school smoking lounge cozy but masculine and one had these kind of ethereal bubbles and made you kind of float and then you look at the stores that are around those spaces and by the masculine ones you've got men's clothing and watches by the ethereal ones you've got Cartier and Tiffany's so it's it's really always just so fascinating to sit there and, and look at how much the design feeds what we think we need to see and what we think we need to buy and what we think we need to, to consume um, versus what the feel of it is. Because the feel of the space was still flow, but flow slowly enough where you're going to see everything. Beautiful. It was interesting. Yeah. Of that visual. Yeah, if anybody's in Atlantic City, I think it's oceans now. I don't remember. But if you look up Revel and you can see what it is now, go walk through their their shopping corridor if it's still open. <laughs> it's a cool space. Nice. Where can we find you, Megan? Um, so I'm everywhere. Oh my god. <laughs> find me inside of your consciousness. No. Uh <laughs> Uh, you can go to meganhopper.com, M-E-A-G-A-N-H-O-P-P-E-R.com, um, or my Instagram is at megan.hopper. Uh, my link tree is on there. All of it's, all of it's accessible. Uh, or check out my podcast, which is called The Cacao Crowd, 
Uh, I'm live on YouTube and Facebook and currently streaming on iTunes podcast. I expect my Google and Spotify to come through next week. So fingers crossed. You got it. (laughs) Yeah. uh, All of those. I am starting a 30 day challenge starting next Saturday, actually September 18th, where every morning you will get an email in your inbox giving you just a little exercise to do uh, to connect more with yourself and with everything around you, be a little more mindful instead of such a just reactive kind of existence that we tend to live in. So yeah, you're all invited to come join that too. Beautiful. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Megan. This was great. I had a great time chatting with you. Yes. Thank you. It was, it was a blast. You'll have to come on my show too. Definitely, definitely, definitely. (laughs) That was fun. I really enjoyed being around Megan's energy, and I got to learn a lot. And it's beautiful what can come when you're completely open to having maybe a couple of vague ideas of the subject, but being open to learn. You get to do that on podcasts too. I know what I know, and that's not much. And I get to explore and learn and take in information while helping to send out messages to people that wherever they're at in life, their worth, their purpose, their everything matters, whether you see it or not, or whether they see it or not, it's all connected. And everyone has different ways to connect to that. So it was fun to explore some of those today. Want to see and hear more from Megan? She is on Instagram at Megan dot hopper her website where you can book an appointment with her is meganhopper.com and megan's podcast is called the cacao crowd and it's on all the usual suspects these will all be in the show notes so don't worry about remembering them i want to thank megan for her time and appreciate what she brought to the table and would love to connect again and i would love to thank each and every one of you for taking a listen to us most of our resources we can always get back money material things the one we can't get back is time and that you chose to spend some of it with us i'm completely grateful if you feel moved by what you heard and you want to hear more please subscribe follow me on social media and YouTube and some of those good places. My links will be in the notes as well. And for now, wish you all a great day and take care, be safe, and be well. Bye-bye. All content is the property of the respective creators. If there is a miscredit, please reach out to the host to have that rectified. All opinions are solely those of the participants and do not reflect those of any of the hosting platforms. No content is to be taken as formal advice and to not replace protocols put in place by your medical or other professionals. Any decision otherwise is taken at your risk and the host, participants, or Beacon Road Ministry are not responsible or liable for your actions. Misfits, Wanderers, and the Rest of Us is produced through Beacon Road Ministry, copyright 2021 All rights reserved.